If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates. Not just the best Batman podcast on the planet, but maybe the entire universe. My name is Becca, and this podcast will not feature a joke about Uranus. My name is Josh, and my very excited mother just served us nine pizzas. That's too many pizzas. (laughs) She is very excited. (laughs) Very excited about pizza. She's excited about Italian cuisine. Yeah. They never say how many of us are sitting there. Mm. Mm. What was the one that I always learned? Uh, I literally cannot remember at this point. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of other mnemonic devices. Well, I it do. doesn't matter anymore because pizzas gets cut out. I guess now it would be like Nigiri or something. <laughs> just... <laughs> My very excited mother just served us. Napoleon ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> no, you gotta mm. cut out the end. My very excited mother just served us Nintendos. (laughs) I always liked the mnemonic device for, um, like, classification of species. So, uh, King Philip come out for good sake Mm. was the one that I learned. Uh, we're doing Planet Master. Planet Master. If you're curious as to why we're talking about mnemonic devices for the planets. Also, Uranus is already a joke. Uh, and we are going to start with news. Mm -hmm. So, first off in news, Space Jam 2 got a new trailer where, uh, Bugs Bunny and LeBron James head to the DC world, and Bugs is Batman, and LeBron is Robin. That's... That feels backwards. <laughs> well, in, that's, in his own dang movie, yeah, he's the sidekick to Bugs Bunny. That's exactly what he he says in the trailer. Give um, it a watch if you want to. It's like a short teaser. Uh, they're driving like a 1989 Batmobile that's stylized to Bugs Bunny. Okay. So like where the that front like turbine thing is, there's buck teeth, and then there's yeah back where where the wings would be, there's ears instead. I see. Uh, and they pass by, so they go to DC World. And they pass by animated series Superman. And in the shot, you can see Superman, uh, Jimmy Olsen, and you might be able to see Lois Lane. I don't remember. I know Jimmy Olsen is definitely in it. Mm-hmm. but So we're going to see animated series Superman. Maybe we'll see animated series Batman. Does he look like Henry Cavill? No, no, no. He's a- it's like animated series stylized. Oh. So, so it doesn't look like Henry Cavill. Yeah, it looks like the 90s cartoons. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's like that, like, Bruce Timm style? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Is Kevin confirmed for this movie or I, not? N- he, I did not see anything that said he was confirmed for this movie. I'm going to guess right now it's probably D. Bradley Baker, because he does a lot of, like, uh, oh. like, Warner Brothers cartoon I guess so. Could be like Looney Tunes stuff, or they could just like pass by them and they don't they don't talk. They better. You think that like LeBron is gonna have a conversation with like animated series Superman? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> or uh, Michael Keaton as Batman? <laughs> Do you think LeBron's gonna be a good actor? He's. I don't know. <laughs> I have was no Michael idea. Jordan a good actor in the first Space Jam? He was okay. He was decent. Is he decent or was he just tall? He 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 played his part. I mean, 
it's really difficult for him to not play it's it. It's basically a documentary, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, because in the first movie, Michael Jordan's just playing himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he's playing maybe a heightened version of himself, but he's playing a basketball player who tried to play baseball and has a family. And that's and is like, named Michael Jordan. Yeah, his name, it's literally him, you know? Like I said, it's, 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 it's a documentary. It's The Last Dance Part 1. Well, okay. So that's that's news part one. I have and a then... question before we stop talking about Michael Jordan. Okay. <laughs> you remember the movie Like Mike starring, I want to say, Lil Bow Wow? Uh, I know that it was a thing, but I do not think I watched it. I can't remember if Michael Jordan was in that movie or not. <laughs> I know the premise of it was that uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift's Little Bow Wow found a pair of shoes that belonged to Michael Jordan. And then when he wore them, he was really good at basketball. I don't remember if Michael Jordan was in that movie or not. <laughs> I'll have to get back to you. Okay. Well, now that we're done talking about Michael Jordan, next up on news is Batman The Long Halloween, the comic book, okay? Oh. Not the movie. Okay. Is receiving a direct sequel in a 48-page special by the original artist and writer, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Hmm. And it's going uh, on sale October 12th. Wow. It's a direct continuation of the Long Halloween story, and it takes place between the Long Halloween and Dark Victory, which is this the like sequel before this sequel was announced. I love the Long Halloween, as uh-huh. we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's maybe my favorite. Uh, I've never read the sequel. Dark Victory. Well, it, Dark Victory doesn't have, as far as I know, doesn't have anything to do with, like, Long Halloween. Okay. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with it the holiday killer. It doesn't explain the goofy ending no. where, like, literally nothing makes sense at all. No, no, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything, it just sort of takes place in the same continuity, so... Uh, it's year one, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and like Dark Knight Returns is at the end of that timeline. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it it like mentions stuff and has references to Long Halloween. But as far as I know, and it's been a while since I've read like anything related to it. But as far as I know, it doesn't have anything to actually tie it directly to Long Halloween. Hmm. This forty-eight page special is a continuation of Long Halloween. I like it, which I guess is going to explain the ending. I don't know. I hope so. Uh, I had a thought today. Uh, I heard, you know, the song Holiday by Madonna? She's like, okay. Holiday, celebrate. That one? Yeah. Uh, I was listening to that today and I was like, this would go great as like a needle drop in like a gritty Batman movie <laughs> where you could either have, it could work with either Calendar Man or if you wanted to do another remake of Long Halloween, perhaps a, a live action one, which it seems like maybe the newest, the Batman movie might sort of be. They said that they're, they're pulling from it, but it's not an adaption. Eh, they're probably just pulling it from it. It's like, ah, Carmine Falcone's in this one. Anyway, yeah. if you were to do an actual live action adaptation of the Long Halloween and you wanted to do like, uh, like Suicide Squad-esque needle drop, where like, <laughs> I think it would be cool to do like a montage of the Holiday Killer or Calendar Man Slaughtering people set to the song Holiday by Madonna. Great. Yeah. Okay. And then on each one, he's just like, here's a pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that's all the news that I have this week. There wasn't very much. For people who are interested, I don't think we said specifically, but uh, June 20, sorry, July 27th is when the Long Halloween Part 2 is coming out. So Mm -hmm. like we said, sooner than we thought it would be because we thought it was coming out in the fall, but very, very soon, so we will have our review out after that drops. Mm-hmm. I won't be watching it. I'll be watching gymnastics. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
You'll watch it. You can't have me watch anything that week besides gymnastics. Nope. And the Olympics. Very excited. Wherein I will be watching, what is that, the the three, three-part three jump? Do you remember from, oh, what comic was that? The grasshopper? The guy with springs in his legs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will be watching to the, see if the anybody... The triple jump. The triple jump. I'll be watching to see if anyone can break that world record, that Olympic record that's been held for like 40 years. Mm. I'll be excited. Wasn't it? So most like Olympic records, they're held by people like the original Olympics. They weren't like professional athletes who trained from childhood. Isn't that why all the records got like smashed from the ones that were like 50 years ago? Is because like they they didn't train as long as they do now. Well, yeah, I mean, like I think training that's I think like training methods got better and people mm-hmm. got stronger. I don't think people got stronger. I survival think survival of the fittest. You're, they were they were taking not the cream of the crop, or people just weren't training as long. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to squad goals. <laughs> this week's squad goals is the character Savant. We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Yeah, I think this character is going to be one of the members of the squad that you think is the one that's going to get killed at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, that the second squad is sent to find. Uh, so he is a Birds of Prey villain that was introduced in 2003. The creators of this character were Gail Simone and Ed Benes. His real name is Brian K. Derlin. And a little bit of uh, sort of rundown on what he has. He's a genius level intellect and he has a non-linear memory, Hmm. which sort of manifests itself as a blessing and a curse because he doesn't know when or if things has happened. So he's like Dr. Manhattan, but without like the God level powers to know, like, I'm experiencing the past. I'm experiencing my future. Yeah. Well, he doesn't experience the future and he just like, he's just sort of not sure sometimes if something has happened. So. Okay. (laughs) Same. The the, the comic that I, that I read, he's constantly asking his assistant, like whether or not he's done something already or whether or not like something has happened. When did the movie Memento come out? <laughs> it feels like this is maybe a ripoff of Memento, which I want to say maybe it was 2002. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Comic books are, uh, comic book writers are hacks <laughs> who steal stuff all the time. Memento came out in 2000. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, th- this is three years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Director by Christopher Nolan. So a little bit, and then his backstory is he was an heir to a vast fortune who tried to become a vigilante in Gotham, but was asked by Batman to stop fighting crime because in Batman's words, he wasn't morally equipped. Mm. (laughs) He works alongside an ex-KGB agent whose name is Creote, and together they start a blackmailing business. Creo is secretly in love with him. Yeah. Which the Birds of Prey figure out and then ask him if Savant knows and Savant says that, or sorry, Creo says that Savant doesn't What know. gender is Creo? He's a man. Oh, cool. He's he's this big burly Russian guy who's an ex-KJB agent. Cool. Who I guess apparently is in love with this uh, blonde haired uh, rich boy. Hi. Happy belated Pride Month. <laughs> In his first appearance, he kidnaps Black Canary and tortures her to try and figure out Batman's identity from Oracle. 
After this, he joins forces with Huntress to take over the Gotham Mafia and installs Huntress as capo. He occasionally helps out the Birds of Prey, but he's a loose cannon. Mm -hmm. So Oracle thinks that he could be useful and he's too much of a like formidable foe to have to have as a foe so she tries to recruit him to like work with them but batman was right and even though he does a couple of jobs with them he doesn't do them correctly so he's a loose cannon that's the extent of his uh pre-rebirth sort of continuity in rebirth he's only appeared a few times as a member of the suicide squad the team that he was part of was captured and tortured, and he gave up information on Task Force X to the capturers, which is weird because in the previous continuity in like Birds of Prey, he was shown as being able to handle interrogation very well because his nonlinear memory allows him to not know how long it's been that he's been subjected mm. to like torture. Although I guess it's more of like he's he's giving up the information because he doesn't like the severity of the torture, which is just that they put bugs on him and he doesn't like bugs, which is like a new character trait. I'm going to be honest. It seems like the nonlinear memory thing didn't make it through to the rebirth continuity. Okay. From what I sort of skimmed through of those suicide squad comics, it doesn't seem like he has the same issues or at least the issues to the extent that he does in the birds of prey comics. Gotcha. Uh, he is seemingly killed after he gives up the information, but the torture was revealed to be a test by Amanda Waller to determine the squad's loyalty. So he just sort of shows up later as part of the squad with very little explanation, uh, with I guess the assumption being that his death was faked and he was later somehow proved himself to Amanda Waller to be, like, loyal, even though he gave up information the first time. Okay. Savant uh, le eventually leaves the team after he is offered a role by Amanda Waller, uh, but turns it down. Mm. And then he like tells her on his way out, like, the squad doesn't exist to me, so I'm out of here. Bye-bye. And that's literally because he forgot about it already. <laughs> he doesn't know if he was ever really on it. And that's that's like the last time he's appeared. He was in He was in like eight issues of Suicide Squad, and that was it. Okay. And that's all he's been in Rebirth. Okay. So, yeah. We'll see. We can move on to the comic now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Detective Comics, number 296. Batman and Robin face the menace of the Planet Master. Bum, bum, bum. Cover date, October 1961. Writer Bill Finger, penciler Jim Mooney, anchor Charles Paris, editor Jack Schiff. The first cover shows a man in dark blue... Dark blue, Art Deco, Buck Rogers reminiscent spacesuit with rings surrounding him and ones flying towards Batman and Robin and destroying a brick wall. And then the interior art shows a man in a flame retardant suit shooting out fire at a pile of metal pipes. Yeah, this one's a lot spookier. Yeah. The Planet Master really does himself a disservice by having so many different costume changes. Why? You think he's not recognizable enough? I just think it's a big time waster to have to, you know, figure out which outfit you're going to use for the crime and he seems to go in order of the planets as yeah. we will cover i know sadly spoiler alert we never get to see uranus <laughs> very upset i i do kind of want to know when we get to the end of the comic what you think the powers of the different suits going forward would have been okay uh let's see so we start off 
as Batman and Robin are on their nightly patrol, and they spot a man dressed in a strange costume moving towards the creatively named Gotham Gem Company. Mm-hmm. We watch as flames engulf the man, and he melts through the steel doors. Batman exclaims that he must be wearing an asbestos suit, to which I say he may be entitled to compensation in a few decades. <laughs> I just thought asbestos suit. Well, don't worry about him, Batman. He'll be dead soon. <laughs> Not soon. In years. In it causes, years. It causes like lung cancer or whatever, but it takes a long time to get to you. What if you just like, I don't know, ate it? Wouldn't that kill you? Um, well, the problem is, is if it gets in your lungs. Okay. If you held your breath while eating <laughs> It's probably still not good for you. It's probably toxic. Okay. The The idea is, the, the thing that's bad about it is that because it's made of little uh, flakes, it, they can break off, get in your lungs, and the chemical structure is like um, a stick, and the sticks will actually like get stuck in your lungs. Ow! But they're like microscopic, uh, <laughs> and they can cause they can cause cancer and oh lung, like, lung problems yikes yeah that sounds like one of those things that's like not only will you die but it'll hurt the whole time you're dying oh yeah pretty much Ouch. I mean, it'll you'll you'll be on like a breather for a while all right well on that cheery note <laughs> well it's got it got outlawed uh i want to say 18 years after this comic released you so. know what? hot take but that's good yeah 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 <laughs> good, good job good, government good job reagan i think it was sure i'm f- pretty sure it was reagan no it might have been nixon Whoever. (laughs) Batman orders the man to stop as he picks up gems and begins storing them in an asbestos pack on his costume. The man tells Batman that he is not afraid of him and introduces himself as the Planet Master. Batman, let me save you time and just tell you my gimmick. Exactly. He gets right to the chase, explains his gimmick, and that he's devised costumes that are inspired by the planets. His first suit is Mercury, and the flames are because it's the closest Planet to the sun. Which he describes as a hot little planet. <laughs> and I thought, ooh, she's a hot little planet. <laughs> I have more to say about this later. Okay. Mm. Uh, while he's monologuing, Robin shoots him with a fire hose that's on the wall and knocks him back. But the plant master springs to his feet and uses concentrated flame to cut the hose and then burns through the wall and escapes from Batman and Robin. They pursue him, but Planet Master melts a nearby pile of pipes, causing the molten metal to flow downhill at the dynamic duo, which they escape by ducking into a sewer. Yeah, his real crime was just ruining Gotham's water supply. This, like, (laughs) molten lava runs just into the sewer. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you, because you know stuff about buildings. Okay. Uh, I feel like if you were to wear a fiery suit and try to burn your way through a wall, it wouldn't just make a man-shaped hole, right? (laughs) Wouldn't it just destroy the wall? I guess it depends on what the wall is made of. If it's made of, like, wood, it could keep its shape. Okay. Or if it's made out of, like... Wouldn't it just catch on fire? Drywall? I mean, it is on fire in the picture. I guess so. In the comic. I mean, we set some drywall on fire this past weekend. What do you think? (laughs) We did not set drywall on fire. The drywall is too wet because it would just rain. That's true. We may or may not have uh, set off an illegal amount of fireworks this weekend. (laughs) 
Happy Fourth of July. We we set some we set tape on fire. Yes, we did. So, uh, note to our listeners: uh, duct tape is flammable. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think it. You wouldn't think, but yeah. Duct tape is flammable. So yeah, you think magical? No, yeah. No? I don't. I don't think. Probably whatever this place is made of. I mean, the doors were made out of uh, metal, and if you melt through that, it's gonna. It would maybe it would melt a little bit in the shape of a man, but it would get all melty shaped too. Okay. You know, it would be like hot grilled cheese <laughs> around the area of the man, right? Yeah. Gross. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, Batman and Robin they duck into a sewer to evade this molten metal that's flowing down at them. They deduce that the Planet Master has seven more crimes left to commit, with Mercury finished, and assuming that he won't use Earth as a gimmick. <laughs> they would assume he wouldn't use earth yeah it doesn't really make sense does it like no. earth has things that are unique about it yeah he could throw dirt at them living beings yeah <laughs> exactly this was pre pluto being declassified for any zoomers that are listening mm-hmm. to our podcast who don't know the, the ninth planet have you seen a picture of her recently pluto yeah why she's stunning what are you talking about? Look up a picture of how beautiful Pluto is. They've got close-up pictures of Pluto now, and she is gorgeous. She never needed us, honestly. Okay, through the magic of podcasting, I've looked up a, a picture of Pluto, and the picture that you are referencing, which shows Pluto in a bunch of different colors, like red and blue, those are just representing of the different surface ice uh, composition, chemical compositions. Are you sure? Yes, it's okay. just a big ball. It's still just a big ball of ice. Well, I think she's pretty. Do you know why it got declassified? Because she's not big enough. Yes, it's too small. It's out by an asteroid belt, and there's actually a couple other like celestial bodies that are in similar in size to Pluto that we would also have to classify as planets if Pluto stayed a planet. It's just sort of like, a bigger asteroid. It's like somewhere between an asteroid and a planet. Mm, it's a big asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> big boy. Back to the comic. The next day, the Gotham Museum's Jade Room is enveloped in smoke as the Planet Master wears a robot-looking costume. His next crime is farts in the Jade Room. <laughs> So he has a smoke machine on his back, which mimics the thick, cloudy atmosphere of Venus. And while the guards are distracted by the smoke, he steals the jade artifacts. Is that why they say women are from Venus? Because we're shrouded in mist and unknowable? Mm. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Come over, Come over here, here into my, into my corner. corner. It's Josh's, Josh's Space, space facts, facts, facts Corner. Ooh, Space Facts. <laughs> so Venus is actually the hottest planet in the solar system. It's not it. Mercury. I knew it. Despite being second from the sun, its thick atmosphere creates a greenhouse effect that keeps the planet warm enough that most metals on it are liquid. Venus is hot and thick. <laughs> Sign me up. Mercury has no atmosphere. Hmm. Why are you so horny this episode? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just kept thinking of good puns. <laughs> For the planet? I'm just hilarious. Uh, Mercury is doesn't have an atmosphere. Kind of like Pluto. It's it's like a barren, sort of asteroid-y kind of wasteland that's just real close to the sun. I'm not horny. It's just women appreciating women, you know? <laughs> sure. Uh, back to the comic again. 
Later on the Gotham Canal, Planet Master robs a fur truck, having used a scuba suit to navigate the canals, and this robbery represents the canals of Mars. I mean, he really just could have done anything red. He could have worn red. He I could suppose. Have stolen something red. I I I didn't realize Mars had canals. Come over, over here into, into my corner. corner. It's Josh's Space, space Facts back corner. corner. Before you get to your Space Facts oh. Corner, I want somebody to Photoshop um, like Dr. Manhattan on Mars in like one of those stereotypical like gondola uh, outfits <laughs> from Venice on a canal of Mars. Thank you. <clears throat> well, Mars does not have canals. <gasps> I. <laughs> I I'm am shook. sorry. I am Wait, sorry. Wait, don't you need water to have canals? <laughs> yeah. And Mars doesn't have water? Yeah. Yet. Well, it has ice. Okay. So here, here's, the, here's the thing. The theory was first put forward in 1877 and was defended up until around like the 1920s. After the 1920s, it was generally accepted that Mars was too cold and dry for canals or intelligent life. The idea being that, like, in the late 1800s, uh, they thought that canals, because they were building a lot of canals, humans were, that it was a sign of intelligent life. And so when they thought they saw canals on Mars, they were like, well, that must point to intelligent life, because that's global trade, <laughs> basically. Sure. The canali, which they were originally called by the Italian scientist who spotted them it's italian for channel and then when it got translated to english it got misinterpreted as canals mm -hmm. they were caused by an optical illusion that arose from low quality telescopes which showed darker point light features becoming a line so basically it was like mountain tops and crater shadows and stuff mm -hmm. and enough of them if you looked at them through a poor quality telescope your mind would fill in the gaps and it would look like lines mm -hmm. which is why there was like a second scientist who looked at the canals of Mars through a different telescope and found the, like that new ones had been added since the last time that they looked at them oh, wow. but it was really just because it's an optical illusion and he was seeing different things that the original scientist had yeah it's like uh i feel like we were having this conversation recently like since photography's gotten better you no longer see like ghost orbs yeah in photography yeah, yeah, yeah because we're not using the type of cameras that would cause that sort of effect to show up yeah so you know as as they got better the as as telescopes got better they realized that canals probably weren't on mars and also they knew sort of scientifically that mars was too cold to have water that would be able to form canals mm. oh, well. and it was known uh i want to say in 65 when nasa had put a lander on mars mm. like for sure that there were no canals that's sad because i would love to see you know curiosity really getting up to some fun stuff with some like you know, v Venice Martians <laughs> on their little canal boats. Venetian Martians. Uh, okay. Well, is that all we want to talk about Mars? No, I just want to think about <laughs> Venetian Martians a little longer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you can move on. L let's talk about Batman and Robin. The next day, they hear police radio chatter that identifies a strange costume man approaching 4th and Vine Streets and begin heading towards it. I just realized that... Um, Batman and Robin made no attempt to stop any of these crimes. Uh, I think it just happened too fast. They weren't aware. They weren't able to get there in time. So Planet Master was able to get away. Dang. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Gotham's a big city. Sorry about your jade, I guess. So the Planet Master approaches two armored truck guards in front of a bank and shoots their guns with a ray from his white helmet. The sidearms grow in size and weight, which pins the guards to the ground. Mm. However, before he can grab the bags of cash that they had with them, Batman and Robin spot him and begin pursuit. Planet Master makes a break down the street and past a street vendor who is showing off wind-up bird toys. I love this random toy seller. <laughs> where's where's his comic? What's his origin? It's weird to me that he would be on the side of the street and like have his toys just sort of spread out all over all over the, the concrete, like all over the, the sidewalk. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have a demo. He looks, I mean, he looks like those guys. So if you've ever been to a mall and you've seen like the little toy guys that mm -hmm. they, they, they like demo their toys and sometimes they'll have them on the floor, but they at least sort of keep it uh, reined in, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's in a little area. This guy, the entire sidewalk is covered in his toys. Strewn about, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really dangerous if people ever needed to get through. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of surprised that Planet Master doesn't like trip on them. <laughs> so Planet Master uh, turns around and shoots his growth ray at the toys and Batman and Robin are caught in a pecking frenzy. Oh no! The birds break off chunks of the sidewalk one of which comes off and hits the Planet Master's helmet, which he, in the comic, calls a growth dome, which is really funny. Is that, that's where his, like, grow ray is coming from, yeah, I he, guess? Yeah, his helmet, he calls a growth dome. Okay, you already accused me of being horny, so I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> uh, that just, you know, the listeners can fill in it. <laughs> he leaves it behind and then runs away. Meanwhile, Batman and Robin use their excellent agility to dodge the large toy's beaks and Batman tackles the street vendor out of the way of being impaled. Suddenly, the toys return to normal size, and Batman picks up the Planet Master's helmet to examine it, finding a manufacturer's name on it on an electronic tube. Do you know why um, the toys shrunk back down to their original size? No. Because he can only affect things in his orbit. Ha ha. It does... Raise an interesting question of if this guy has figured out... I, I know that this gets answered sort of later in the comic, but if this guy has figured out growth rays, why is he pulling robberies? Just take a small diamond and hit it with your growth ray, and then you're set. But it only lasts for a certain amount of time. Keep it with you. It's in your orbit. <laughs> the dynamic duo head to the manufacturing company, which Bill Finger could not be bothered to name. No. Even lazily. <laughs> Who, Gotham Manufacturing Co. Yeah, it's not even called that. It's just like the manufacturing company. <laughs> the manufacturer is able to direct them to the distributor who sold it, who in turn informs them that he sold that type of component to Professor Norbit. Batman knows Professor Norbit is a wealthy and well-known scientist, giving him seemingly no motive to pull the robberies, but decides to pay him a visit anyway in the middle of the night when he's in bed. I love it. How do you think he sounds when he says this line here? When Batman wakes him up. Okay, he goes, what? Oh, Batman. I think it sounds like, what? Oh, Batman. <laughs> like he's delighted. 
So after a man in a bat costume and a brightly dressed boy climbed through the scientist's window. The brightly dressed boy. <laughs> and explained to him what's been happening. Professor Norbit tells them that he believes that someone has sneaked into his laboratory and stolen his gadgets to commit these crimes. Okay, they say that word a couple times in this comic. Is it not snuck? I actually looked this up. Okay. I didn't put it in my notes, but I looked this up because I was on the same boat as you. Sneaked versus snuck. Sneaked is actually more correct. Okay. Snuck is a slang version of sneak. Sneak is not an irregular verb, but the word snuck treats it as an irregular verb. You would never be like, I sneaked up on him. Yeah, you could. You Ugh, could. That's just, all right, then you're a creeper if you're sneaked up on him. <laughs> you snuck up on him. You sneaked up on me. Right. I can't. You snuck up on me. I, I mean, they both snuck work. sounds way better. They both work. Snuck up or shut up. <laughs> you really clack yourself up, don't you? I do. The professor informs them that it's too late for him to take inventory, but he will do so tomorrow morning and phone police headquarters if anything is missing. They've already woken him up. Yeah. Like, why? Why can't he do inventory now? You know, it's it's uh, it's like 3 a.m. If somebody woke me up at 3 a.m. and was like, quick, look around your laboratory, I'd be like, you know what? I don't work for you. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Get out of my house. <laughs> Get out of my house, man and brightly colored boy. Before I call the police, <laughs> please come out the window you came in through. The next morning, he does take inventory and finds nothing missing until he checks his secret compartment where he keeps, quote, certain valuable supplies. I was like, what? His what is drugs. That? <laughs> his drugs. <laughs> and he finds the Planet Master's costumes and loot. So the professor calls the police and informs Batman of his findings and advises that the only other person who knew about the secret compartment was his former assistant, Edward Burke. And Professor Norbit fired Edward Burke when he found him stealing platinum out of the secret compartment. Mm. The Cape Crusader and Boy Wonder head to Professor Norbit's lab, but cannot find him, so they pay a visit to Edward Burke instead. I liked that also when uh, Professor Norbit's on the phone with Batman, he doesn't like, he fires this man, but he doesn't think to add extra security after he fires him. He's like, oh yeah, no, he still has like the code. He can still get in. <laughs> That's true. And he also, by his own admission, d didn't file a police report. Mm -hmm. He just like, he was like, oh, this guy's stealing from me. I guess I'll just fire him and not report him to the police. I guess. As Batman and Robin head to Edward Burke's house, they demand from Edward Burke to know where the professor is, and they tell Edward that they think that he's the planet master. And as Mr. Burke begins to defend himself, the radio in his home broadcasts that the planet master is approaching the Gotham Gold Refinery in a costume representing Saturn. The crime fighters speed off in the Batmobile without apologizing for harassing Mr. Berg. <laughs> and Edward has the idea to check the special closet in the lab to see these criminal costumes for himself. You can already see on his face, he's thinking like, hmm, I'm not the Planet Master, but I so easily could be. I could be. <laughs> At the gold refinery, Planet Master breaks through the doors using a force ring that he controls through his costumes belt. And I'm getting deja vu. This is just like Polka, Man, Polka Dot Man or Zebra Man special costumes mm. where they have controls in their belts. Interesting that you mentioned Zebra Man. Why is that? And you'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Batman and Robin arrive and the Planet Master shoots another force ring at them, which they dodge as it crashes into a brick wall behind them. 
Batman pulls Robin out of the way of another ring, but as he does so, a third one is sent straight towards him, but Batman jumps through it. I'm disappointed that the one who's not a circus performer was the one who's jumping, jumping through, through rings. Jumping through rings, yeah. Sad. <laughs> Planet Master decides that he's had enough, uses the remaining ring around his costume to propel himself skyward, and flies away. He doesn't propel himself skyward, Joshua. He uses the force to nullify gravity and propel through the air. That's sort of what I said. I just, that's the most sciencey stupidness I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like he used the force to nullify gravity. Yeah, okay. gravity, gravity can't be nullified. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And then as I was reading it, I was daydreaming about what it would feel like to fly like a bird. Mm. And I... Fly like an eagle. Yeah. At the laboratory, Edward Burke is in the secret closet when he hears someone moving outside. He hides and watches as the Planet Master takes off his helmet, revealing his identity to be none other than Professor Norbit. I knew it. When I first was reading this comic, the part where he was like, hmm, that's weird. Why is the Planet Master's stuff all in my closet? I was like, this is some split personality, something or other. <laughs> the Professor is confused as to why he's in the Planet Master costume. And when he thinks back to a few days ago when he was analyzing a meteorite, when he cracked it open, it emitted a gas that, in his words, was evil. The gas was evil! And forced him to become a Jekyll Hyde type character. It's so funny to me that he was um, just like... I don't know, dissecting a meteor. It reminded me of that, like, 6ABC news story that we saw that one time <laughs> about a meteor or something. They didn't know. The news story was that something had landed on the ground. And what it was, was it, like, Atlantic City or yeah, something? It was, like, it was on the beach. On the beach. And they were like, what do you think it is? And they were just asking, like, passersby, like, what is it? And they were like, I don't know, it was a weird rock. <laughs> but Burke is the one who took it home and cracked it open. And you know what it was filled with? Evil gas. Evil gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a slow news day. Yes. <laughs> there, were, there was a small rock that had hit, hit the beach and the news was all abuzz about it, mm -hmm. thinking that it was a sign from aliens or something. Yeah. Local news is stupid. This is a major American city news, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like, really? I guess you can only report so many murders before you're like, look what I found on the beach. Yeah, it's like murders whenever the Girl Scouts does something yeah. and <laughs> whenever there's a rock that it's the beach yeah and hoagie fest really they do reports on a hoagie fest they should <laughs> so as as the planet master alter ego i guess he he invented these suits which is explains why he's a famous inventor he's able to do that the reason that he chose the planet master moniker was because he was thinking about planets when he inhaled the gas okay and i guess that was sort of subconscious seeped into the Planet Master persona. Professor Norbit feels woozy as the gas wears off, and Edward realizes that this is his chance to steal the costumes. Batman and Robin walk in on Mr. Burke handling the costumes and say, I don't know how you managed the trick of being in two places at one time, but it's apparent now that you're the Planet Master. Maybe as a twin brother. Though suddenly, they... Oh, that's true, like the Grasshopper Gang. Yeah! <laughs> Bring that back. <laughs> Suddenly, they hear the voice of Professor Norbit and turn to see him wearing the Saturn costume. Taking advantage of the distraction, the, the Edward Burke slips on the flamethrower glove from the Mercury costume and fires it at Batman, who dodges. 
Burke then proposes a partnership with Professor Norbit, saying that if they team up with his criminal plans and the professor's inventions, they can rule the underworld. Professor Norbit agrees with him and says that he'll take out Batman for good, but then betrays Burke by throwing a force ring at him instead. Mm. Batman uses a pair of tongs to remove the flamethrower glove from Burke, and then he and Robin pummel the man unconscious. <laughs> Professor then offers to explain to Batman what has occurred, warning him that the story is, quote, almost unbelievable. And Batman assures the professor that both he and the police will believe him now that the crimes of the Planet Master have ended. Mm. Moral of the story? Yeah? Uh, never trust somebody who fired you. Mm. They don't have your best interests at heart. Never trust the person you fired. Take take preventative measures when you fire someone. Mm-hmm. Like, Ask for their key back. Yeah, first of all, ask for the key back. Second of all, if you have like any sort of passcodes that they would know... Change them. Change those passcodes. Okay, now that we're done the comic, I want you to come up with the costumes for the remaining ones. Okay. So we got we got Mercury, Venus. Okay. We skip Earth. Mm-hmm. We got Mars. Yeah. We got Saturn. And Jupiter. And Jupiter. Okay. So Uranus and Neptune. Did wait? We got Jupiter. We didn't get Saturn, did Saturn we? Saturn was the rings. What was Jupiter? Is big. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Big gun. Yes. Okay, so we so we're missing what? We're missing Uranus, Uranus and Neptune. And Neptune and Pluto. Okay. All three. Okay. So Pluto, I think Pluto is Pluto's easy. a freeze ray. Obviously. A freeze ray. Oh yeah, it's I guess ice so. Planet. I, ice planet. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. I was thinking cuz Pluto was the smallest planet at the time, maybe it would be a shrink ray instead of a oh. of a big ray. <laughs> mm. So, okay, ice ray or or shrink ray. Mm-hmm. What Okay, what's what's Neptune? I don't, don't know. Don't know enough about Neptune? See, I know it's named after the god of the sea, so maybe a water gun? You know what? Neptune is icy too. So I want to say, we'll do Neptune is the ice ray, Pluto is a shrink okay. ray. Okay. Okay. And then what was the last one we had Uranus. left? Uranus. Uranus turns things on its side. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it has, it's, it's, uh, its rings are sideways, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's a that's a real superpower. I used to say this. I used to say this thing to my mom. I'd be like, you know, Uranus is on its side, and she would be like, it is, and she would like move and like adjust her seat. <laughs> uh, we have fun. So, I don't know enough about planets, really, to come up with any of these. Although I did think it was weird. So we watched an episode of Batman: The Brave and the Bold where Planet Master was briefly shown, mm-hmm. and he's. Got just he doesn't need to change his suits. He's just got like all the powers of the planets. Which, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk a little bit about Planet Master Two. That was like his thing was that he didn't change suits. He just had like the powers of the planets. Okay. And for Mercury, it was his speed, which I was confused by because obviously Mercury is named after the the Roman god Mercury, who's fast. But then like, is it because it's the fastest one around the sun? I don't know. That was very confusing for me. Okay. Okay, so yeah, you want to talk about Planet Master. Let's go into Rogue Roundup. Yeah, let's do it up. 
So Planet Master 1's first and only appearance was in this comic. However, he did have a mysterious successor. In the summer of 1987, the villain Cobra, which is spelled with a K, who is not the G.I. Joe villain. We've talked about Cobra before. Have we? Yeah. He's a snake guy. He runs a snake cult. Yeah, he does. Uh, The villain Cobra put together a team of villains called Strike Force Cobra. However, Cobra didn't just go on ZipRecruiter like a normal mastermind. (laughs) Instead, he duplicated experiments and freak accidents that had once created villains in order to cultivate his team. Now, normally in our world, this would lead to a lot of deaths. But since this is a comic book and we have the set precedent with characters like Wally West that all you need to do in order to gain superpowers is just the exact same thing that somebody else did to gain superpowers. Uh. This, of course, works and he gets his team. And the team includes Elemental Woman, who's created under the same circumstances as Elemental Man. Okay. Uh, Clayface 4, who is a lady. Uh-huh. We've talked about her in the Clayface episode. We talked about her in the Clayface There's, episode. Now I think about it, interesting, his team has two women in it, which is very, very progressive. Mm. Uh, Zebra Man 2. Okay. Yeah, I mentioned... Is this the, wait, was this the one that was looked like a zebra? No. Oh, okay. I wish. He just had, like, kind of a mohawk sort of thing going on oh, in his costume. Oh, okay, okay. It's the only... It's the only dazzling thing about him. <laughs> uh, Zebraman 2 and then Planet Master, who is never called Planet Master 2. People just think of them as two separate entities because Planet Master 1 was here in the Golden or in the Silver, Silver Age. Age. yeah. And then this Planet Master was, you know, in 1987. And since Planet Master 1 never went back to being bad... We'll talk about it. So this is Planet, okay. Planet Master. And, and 87 would have been post-Crisis on Infinite Earths as well. Mm-hmm. So this is New Earth. Yes. Uh, for this team, Elemental, Woman, Clayface, for Zebra Man 2, and Planet Master, it really feels like the writers just pinned a bunch of Silver Age comics to a dartboard uh, <laughs> and like threw stuff at it to decide who would be on the team, which also, I think, is the same approach that James Gunn took when writing The Suicide Squad, <laughs> which is why we have all these random supervillains who've only been in like two or three comics in their entire you know existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Strikeforce Cobra faced off just once against the Outsiders, who at that time included Katana, Black Lightning, Geoforce, Halo, and Batman. And unlike the version from Young Justice, this Halo is from Missouri, not Karachi. Uh, However, Geoforce is the one and only Prince Brion Markov of Markovia, who uses the catchphrase, buy my crown, once or twice in these comics. (laughs) That's sort of like, uh, like, of surprise, like, buy my crown, there's villains afoot. (laughs) And I think if I was a royal, I would do that too. Strikeforce was handily defeated by the Outsiders and immediately dispersed, never to be heard from again. Uh, and the next time that we see Planet Master 2, he is a member of Alexander Luther Jr.'s Secret Society of Supervillains during Infinite Crisis. Oh, okay. Wait, this is like a future version? Alexander Luther, that would be Lex Luthor's Yeah, he's son? from like Earth 3. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. This is a, you know, multiverse, infinite crisis, the whole everything's coming apart Got it. type thing. Okay, yeah. okay. We've, we've mentioned the Secret Society of Supervillains and Alexander Luther Jr. before. He comes, I'm pretty sure he's from Earth 3. Got it. Anywho, uh, so it's never confirmed who exactly Planet Master 2 is. Mm. People just think it's likely either an escaped Edward Burke or it's just Edward Burke. That's who it is. He was, you uh-huh. know, he wanted to be the planet master and now he is. I mean, so here's the deal. Besides breaking and entering in Professor Norbit's lab, 
Burke didn't commit any crimes except for the initial like stealing of platinum that yeah. Professor Norbit fired him for. He threatened Batman. I suppose. And he said in front of Batman, like, hey, conspiracy to commit crimes. Cons- conspiracy is a is And you a know crime. what? Batman is a deputized police officer, exactly. as we have learned in, like, the letters to the editors yeah. in these you, Silver Age comics. If you stand in front of a police officer, and you and I talked in front of a police officer, and I was like, hey, Joshua, do you want to help me commit a bank robbery? And you were like, yeah, Let, that police Now officer. let's kill that police officer let's with a flamethrower. Let's kill thrower. that police officer with this uh, suit that I made. Yes. We <laughs> could be arrested for that i here's the thing that i don't really understand is professor norbit probably should go to jail i don't care if he had like some sort of evil gas yeah evil gas that temper he could be lying about that they don't know he should at least go to arkham he should at least have like a couple therapy sessions yeah for sure for sure there's no and and even if he returns everything i mean the the people who he stole from the I don't know. They should get some sort of compensation. Yeah. I guess they have, have you, insurance. Have you or a loved one been affected by Planet Master? You might be eligible for compensation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the thing is, is he doesn't really hit any person personally. Mm. He only hits businesses. Yeah. So I guess they already had insurance. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. It's fine. It's another Tuesday in Gotham, you know. <laughs> That's true. So speaking of Arkham. Okay. Uh, we see Edward Burke one more time in the Batman canon in what's probably just an Easter egg or maybe even, I'm willing to say maybe it's just a coincidence okay. uh, reference in the Arkham Knight DLC, A Matter of Family. There is a man named Edward Burke who makes a deal with the Joker to save his sick daughter. Uh, Joker like has him build some facility for him to capture Gordon in. And in exchange, he's going to get his daughter who's dying of some disease into like an experimental treatment program. Uh, but his daughter dies during the experimental treatment. And uh, Burke uh, then kills himself with pills that the Joker provides for him Mm. to, like, commit suicide. Do you think this was just, like, a coincidence that they used the same name? It's possible, because Burke never wears the Planet Master costume or mentions anything about having a criminal past. So I feel like it can't be certain that's really a reference to the character or maybe just, like, parallel thinking with a semi-common name. Yeah, I mean, Edward and Burke is a last name. Edward is a first name and Burke is a last name is not, like, super uncommon. Yeah. So you you have and to imagine the over the hundreds of thousands villains, exactly. of names. Yeah, over the hundreds in of... In the last 80 years. Hundreds of villains that they've had... The, the likelihood that a character is going to have a same name is pretty... Yeah. Likely. It's also just a random NPC who's yeah, like just yeah. part of like a little DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? Okay. It's possible. So Planet Master's only appeared a, a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, since this comic, and he was in that one Braving the Bold episode that we watched. He was. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that is it for the podcast, mm-hmm. unless you have anything else to add. Uh, 365 days until our wedding. Yeah. Mark your calendars. Oh, we didn't We didn't give the thing at the beginning that says that we love each other and we're a couple. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a Batman podcast. We put this on Silver <laughs> comic. And uh, we love each other. So uh, let's get into the comic. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. And follow us on Twitter at Batmates. And feel free to email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Have a good week. We love you. Bye-bye.